Hey NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe, and I am uh, doing this interview with head coach Pete Stanton of Dickinson State University. I'm missing my co-host John Cooper today. For this interview, he is off gallivanting visiting family, so uh, you just get me for this one, folks. Coach, how are you doing this this fine afternoon? Good deal, Coach. Well, let's let's jump right into it. Let's let's go ahead and do a little bit of, of review from from last year before we jump into um, this year and, and a little bit of, of what's going on, um, you know, this year. So Dickinson State wins the uh, the their conference there. Uh, the, the North Star, and uh, goes in to the playoffs. You're playing at Northwestern. You come away with a 14-6 win, and then you then you go to Kansas Wesleyan. You play one of the wilder games in in the playoffs with a just a close 43-40 loss. Um, just talk a little bit about that Kansas Wesleyan game uh, for me, if you would, Coach. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was an incredible game. It was one of those games that just went went back and forth the whole way. And you know, we had a big weekend, a big win the weekend before, as you said. Uh, you know, in Northwest Iowa, who was the team that had beaten us thirty-seven to three the year before, and and we came out of there and, and got the first road road playoff win in our in our school history, which was which was a great feat. And then the Kansas Wesleyan game, as you said, was uh, back and forth the whole way. You know, they they. They were a very powerful offense, and they showed that all day long. They they scored on a, a couple long runs early on us, and it went back and forth. And then we, we scored right before halftime on a on a fade ball to take a one score lead. And, and once again, we had a chance in the fourth quarter with the field goal to go up two scores, and they blocked the field goal and, and, and continued to go back and forth until the very end when we held a forty to thirty five lead and scored with with thirty five seconds left to get the win. So. It was, uh, you know, it was just a, it was a, it was a great matchup and a, and a, and a great game and, and uh, you know, one that uh, we felt, yeah, we, you know, we could have done a few things, but I'm, you know, made sure they felt the same way. So it was just, a, it was a, it was a great battle and uh, our guys did a good job. Definitely. Now, from that team, it looks like you've got quite a bit returning, um, at least on offense. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Hayden Gibson's coming back um, as your signal caller. Had a 3,000-yard passing season last year. Yes, correct. Hayden's back, and you know, he'll end up being a four-year starter for us. He's already broken all of our school records uh, for career yardage and, and, and season records. And I think the only the only record I don't think he has is our, is a touchdown, and I believe he's like one one away from career touchdowns. I believe he holds every record in the school going into his senior year but that one so you know that's where it all starts guys say you know played a lot has a lot of playoff games uh, under his belt and, and you are correct we, we do have put a few of the offensive guys back you know obviously uh, losing our two tackles who are both all conference players is, is going to be a, a, a big loss and that Devin Swanson and, and losing those guys and we did lose a, a tight end as well uh, a couple of good tight ends uh, and, and then Randy Ivy one of our wide receivers but we do return uh, the rest of the offensive linemen, Ahmad Andrews, who's our, our tailback and was an all-conference player, he returns our, our fullback, uh, Angus Lund returns, as, as well as most of our receiving, uh, our particularly Tiger Fry, who set our season record for receptions and, and yards, and he returns uh, for his junior year next year. Definitely. I'm 
Actually, Andrews, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you know, you probably do, but poor guy finished four yard uh, or just shy of a thousand yards. He was within within shouting distance, so I know he'll definitely be looking to, to crack that mark yeah. this year. I'm, I'm sure that hurt him. Most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. He'll be, he'll be right there. You know, he, he was, uh, he was uh, down from Pasadena City and then first year last year and kind of shared some reps early with him and a, him and a couple backs, but by the time we were, we were done, he was getting most of the reps and he was getting a, a really good feel on what we wanted to do offensively. So um, as a result, that he ended up taking more of a rep later and was just a, just a big, strong uh, running back who we're looking for good things out of for a senior year. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you're losing um, – a couple of, of players, of impact players. Danny Moreno at linebacker, um, you know, broke the century mark in tackles, had 12 and a half for a loss to go along with four sacks. Um, and then you're losing a, a corner in Jay Liggins, I believe, who's um, who picked off eight passes last year, which I don't care what level you're at, that's yeah. that's game-changing. Yeah, you know, he, he, he did. You know, those two and and then I'll, I'll talk about those two and add one more, and that became Boshi. Uh, but, but, yeah, Danny Marino really led us in tackles. I believe, believe he was second all-time for season tackle for Dickinson State. He just had an unbelievable year uh, with the first-team all-conference guy along with our other linebacker, Kevin Brown. But Danny was really the guy that we hung our hat on, a linebacker. That was tremendous. And as you mentioned, Jay Liggins, uh, you know, he has eight interceptions, has four interceptions in the in the Northwest Iowa game, uh, including the one to seal it. Uh, tremendous player, first-team All-American, uh, was second-team All-American last year, and in fact, uh, you know, he's had several, has ever had several teams, most of the NFL teams have contacted me regarding, uh, you know, his, his future there. I think you can have an opportunity to possibly get in a, get in an NFL camp. And then with Kane Boshi, our, our starting free safety, he's a two-time All-American, second-team as a sophomore, and as a senior, he actually set our all-time career receptions record at, at 24. So between Boshi and Leggins, uh, we, we finished uh, with 38 career receptions. So those are some huge losses for us. So taking a look at, at the North Star, um, you know, we hear a lot about the Frontier and how they play home and homes um, within their conference. Y'all do something pretty similar, if, if I'm not mistaken. There's a couple of teams in your conference um, that you do home and homes with. Um, tell tell me a little bit about that and how that impacts your your prep that second time around. Yeah, yeah, we, we do that just with the. It's just tough to find non conference games. There's only so many slots and options you can you can find. So what we do is we play two of the teams uh, each year twice, and then the next year we'll rotate to two other teams, and then we won't play you know, that, that fifth team until the third year, and then we just try to keep it a rotation so it's not the same two teams that we would play every year. And, and it, is a, it is a difficult thing, you know, and, and I don't say any coaches, if they had their favors, they, they, we wouldn't do it. we just play each other once, but it is what it is. But, you know, the scheduling it is tough that second time around, uh, you know, to see that same team again and, um, you know, to, to try to prepare for them again. It is unique. It is, it is tough. But um, I think if we look at it, it's going to be the same way for both teams and, and we just try to make it work, you know, really for what's best for, for our conference. So you mentioned about the non-conference scheduling, and, and, I'm, and I've heard mixed reviews uh, interviewing these NAIA coaches. Um, 
you know, some of the conferences just do a straight conference slate. There's no out-of-conference games at all. I imagine that's that's probably e- uh, easier said than done when, when you're talking about out-of-conference games in the NAIA um, because you do have those conferences uh, there. Do you think yeah. that, um, you know, other, other conferences might want to open up a, a couple of out-of-conference games just for... To, to increase that field there? Yeah, we would sure like that. I mean, we'd, we'd be in favor of it, and we, there's been discussion there, but, you know, right now there hasn't been that alignment to, to be able to do that because it is difficult to find games, and, and we, you know, we just try to make it work with, you know, when we had, we play Rocky Mountain uh, College, who's in the, who's a, who actually won the Frontier Conference this year, and we played them as a non-conference game, and, and in some aspects, that's one of our bigger rivalries, even though it's non-conference, because it's a regional team that, is, is really our closest game, or one of our closest games uh, that we play, and, and we just both go the other way in our in our conferences. But you know, we want to you know try to do something like that if we could. But it just really kind of get a matter of getting some of the conferences aligned that way. You mentioned about Rocky being one of your um, bigger rivals. Are, are they kind of are they kind of it? Are they your 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 Alabama to your Auburn, or is there an, another one that that takes that spot? Well, you know, I, I think I think uh, you know Rocky has, has been one of ours, and I, that, that's one. Uh, you know, we played them the last two years. They're the front end conference champions. You know, uh, we we won a Dickinson two years ago. Rocky won out, out there last year, so you know we've had some good games, and we will continue that. And I also think you know we played uh, Valley City's been a long time uh, uh, full that we played in our conference. It's a really good program that we played for a long time as well and you know those are probably the two teams that you know were more regional and two teams that are that are very good programs that we've uh, that we've battled over the years let's take a look at valley city real quick um i'm i'm still going over a couple of the of the teams there in the in the north star for our for our preview but um dennis mccullough has been at valley city for uh two plus decades you've been at Dickinson State for I think this is your twentieth year at uh, yeah. as a head coach. Um, they've got a, a lot of good stuff coming back um, as as well. Um, talk about what you're what you're seeing out of out of the Vikings. Oh, most definitely, they're they're a good program, and, and, and Coach McCullough and Coach Horner and that their staff has done a great job year in year out, and it doesn't matter you know, what type of team they have or what type of team Dickinson State has, it's, it's always a battle, and, and our guys know that. And, you know, this year we played them and played them at home, and, and we were fortunate to, to win. You know, we had to hit a hit a screen pass with just a few minutes left to, to score and go ahead, and, and then they drove on us. So we know that, uh, you know, that's always going to be a battle. They do, a, they do a great job with it, and they get a lot of guys back. You know, their quarterback returns, their tailback returns, so couple of their good secondary uh, players return and we had a close game with them last year so you know they're definitely a, a definitely definitely a good ball club coach um, before last year you had new coordinators on both sides of the football um, talk about going into the second year with those coordinators um, how much does it impact in the second year uh, the comfort level? How how much does that impact their their coaching and, and your relationship with them? Oh, no, I think it's going to be huge. You know, if you look at you know what happened last year, our offensive coordinator Jay Schillinger went to the University of Montana, and then uh, you know Mike Mike uh, Mike McGuire came in, and, and Jason Theer came in on, on defense, and, and uh, 
both of those guys did a great job. You know, Jason came in a little bit earlier, so he was here for spring ball, and, and, and but Mike wasn't, and we had two coaches that we lost during spring ball, so it was a really tough spring ball last year. And Coach McGuire was coaching the high school ranks, so he wasn't even there yet. So it was really a tough adjustment. I think we, our guys did a really good job of responding, and one of the things that Coach McGuire and Coach Deer did a great job with is, you know, not bringing in a, a ton of new things or a ton of new terminology, but, uh, you know, bringing their ideas in, but, but changing their terminology so the guys understood it in our terms, and that really worked well, and, and, and both of our players really liked uh, both of those guys, and a lot of Coach McCarville who came in as well, and I think it was really a really good fit, and it worked out well, but as you said, now our coaches have been through the offseason with them, you know, spent the time with them, and then in the weight room and their training things and all, and all that type of thing, and I think it's really going to be and make a big difference for us going into the next year. So y'all have already had your your spring game um, this year, and I always like to get an idea of kind of the what coaches are, are doing and, and kind of their daily routine. We've, we've been um, interviewing coaches since before spring practice was, was getting uh, in full swing and kind of seeing what uh, – some folks' schedule is like there. I know you've been out on the road a little bit, but what is a what is a typical day for you post spring before fall? Before fall, right now would be yeah, it would be our, our recruiting part of it. Uh, we try to finish our spring fall fairly early, especially in North Dakota, which isn't sometimes easy to do with the, the weather. But this year it was really good, and we didn't have we didn't miss a beat and finished our spring game two weeks ago. And then our idea behind that is is we want our players those last three weeks of. Uh, of school to be able to you know stay with their lifting routine but also just to be a college student and, and focus in on all the things they need to finish up assignment wise and internship wise and they have projects school projects and we want them to get involved with those and finish strong with those the last three weeks and, and then we as a staff then we'll, we'll continue to meet with them and you know uh, and, and academically making sure they're online and then we will do our our recruiting as well in the last few weeks and that's where they're emphasized before everybody kind of takes a a couple week breather uh, where we just let them go on out there all without having team lifting and, and conditioning and then uh, you know we come back after Memorial Day and we're really unique uh, and, and, and blessed really that, that you know that we have in the summer uh, the last two or three summers we'll have over 50 uh, student athletes that, that'll be on our campus during the summer during our workouts and things like that so we're we're really fortunate in that regard that our guys have really really bought in and, and uh, you know, we have a lot of guys around. That is definitely awesome because the summer lifting and that um, the lifting before spring ball that is that is where champions are made right there is is in the off season. Um, yeah, we really yeah we really trust our guys and, and it's been it's been it's worked out well. Coach, tell me tell me who are some um, other coaches that that you enjoy watching or that really had an impact on on you as you were getting your starting in, in coaching well you know i, I think first and, and you know in, in my high school you know career i had one of the best high school coaches in the in the in the you know the state of montana's history you know coach schillinger from from, from baker from montana and you know he, he finished his career with over 300 wins and, and numerous state championships and i was able to play for and learn from a tremendous uh, guy like him who was a mentor to me and my dad was a, uh, a coach when I was younger as well and you know a couple of great mentors to learn from and then of course when I played you know I, I, here at Dickinson State I'm an alum from here and, and to play for a Hall of Fame coach and Coach Bijou uh, that, that obviously uh, was very big and, and we also had a long time defensive coordinator here uh, Coach Arlen Hoffman who 
kind of worked out for 30 years here as our defensive coordinator, and I got to not only play for both of those guys, but to also coach with them both and, and learn from them both. And those guys, you know, really made it made a huge, huge impact. And then, of course, you just get to be friends with, uh, you know, some of the other staffs and some of the guys over the over the years that you can watch and, and emulate. But uh, you know, the guys that I mentioned you know, have made a made a big impact on on, on my career. That's that's awesome. There is there is something to be said for having uh, that that sort of, of consistency and um, the year to year you you know what's happening it's it's just one steady stream um, before I let you go here just get you uh, one more question what excites you most about the 2019 season at Dickinson State well you know, I, I think you know the most is is just I guess to you know, to, to make it more generic, you know, just the the prospect of a new season. You know, just that we have another opportunity to go out and and, and do our thing, and and that that just excites me the most after being here for for 20 years. It, it's it's still exciting getting ourselves ready for a new season. And we talk to our players all the time about. 2019 is a new year. 2018 is over. You can reminisce about that someday with your with your kids, but we're never going to look back. Whether the season was good or or, or bad, we're never going to look back. We, it's always the excitement of preparing because you know you, you, you got to work hard and you got to do your thing because everybody else is doing it. And that's the exciting part about it is is that to really get our guys in a situation where you know they're they're hungry. You know they're hungry. They're not ever satisfied and they may want to go into the year as, as hungry as they, as they can be and I think that's you know God and just working with great young men you know being a family and being a part of that and you know and, and being a part of, of, of their college experience and, and having a group of guys come through that's uh, exciting uh, you know for all of us and really really, really makes it makes it makes it all worthwhile that is that is fantastic coach I want to thank you for coming on with us and we wish you the best of luck in the 2019 season well thank you thanks for having me and thanks for all you guys do hey we appreciate it hey AI football fans you just finished listening to the interview with Dickinson State head coach Pete Stanton to me that was a real fun interview to do and I really am interested to see how the North Star Conference turns out in 2019. So going into that, let's look at the North Star Conference. Uh, this is going to be the first in our uh, section of previews. Um, this will be the first one for a few weeks. We're gonna, we've got a couple more interviews we're trying to line up before we go full bore into previews. Uh, and for the next few weeks, it's just going to be me doing a lot of these podcasts. My my cohort, John Cooper, is doing football practice. So let's go ahead and take a look at what we've got going on here. So let's take a look at what happened last year. The 2018 champ, Dickinson State, went 8-2 and two in the conference, had a two-game lead on second place. Valley City, VCSU. Then was a tie for third place between Waldorf and Presentation, fifth place Dakota State, and bringing up the rear, Mayville State. So let's take a look at, at all of these teams and what they have to offer. Let's start 
starting with the bottom, we'll start with Mayville State. They are led by new head coach Jeff Larson, and he brings in a new offensive coordinator. Some of the big games, uh, they play home-and-home home with Dickinson State on October the 5th and November the 9th. That is home first for them away next. They are returning their starting quarterback and their leading rusher, uh, Creighton Fowl, a 52.5% completion percentage uh, for the quarterback uh, with a 14-10 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. He didn't quite make 2,000 passing yards last year. He did rush for 614 yards and 8 touchdowns. While they do lose their true running back, Preston Hamlet, who had 574 rush yards and two touchdowns, as well as their leading receiver, Trent uh, Moman, with 851 yards and 11 touchdowns. They are bringing back Daryl Wilson, 415 yards and two touchdowns, as well as a good bit on defense. You're talking about uh, linebacker Josiah Walker, who had 70 tackles, 6.5 for a loss. Uh, Daniel Simpson on the line with 12 and a half tackles for loss and four and a half sacks. And Tyler Gay, eight and a half tackles for loss and six and a half sacks. So that's what Mayville State has, has coming back and leaving. It looks like they are going to have an uphill climb against the rest of the North Star, unfortunately. So let's look at Dakota State. They are led by head coach Josh Anderson. This is his 11th year with the program. Has a returning offensive and defensive coordinator. They have six returning first or second team All-Americans from last year. A couple of their bigger games, they play Dakota Wesleyan to start off the season on August the 29th. And then they play at Briarcliff on September 7th. They return their quarterback, Torin Devericks, a 56.6% completion percentage passer, 15 to 11 touchdown to interception ratio, and cracked the two millennia mark with 2,123 yards, unfortunately, for Torin. 80 plus percent of his receiving yards have been lost to graduation. So that's Mason Layton with 1,318 receiving yards. That's 40% of their entire receiving yards last year, as well as 19 receiving touchdowns. That's Mitchell Galloway with 582 receiving yards and David Bond with 597. Folks, the greatest predictor of quarterback success that you can find is what percentage of receiving yards you have returning. So what is Dakota's uh, state to do? Well, they got to turn to their running back, Brody Fredrickson, who's coming back at almost 1,400 yards last year and 11 touchdowns, as well as a defense that returns Wyatt Sanford in the defensive back um, backfield, five interceptions, as well as a, a stout D-line, John Trout with 92 tackles. Nine of those for loss, and Vince Ben Darby Neal, who added six titles for loss and three and a half sacks. They do lose Kurt uh, Becky. Kurt, I'm sorry if I butchered your name just then. 
He had 124 tackles last year, 19 tackles for a loss to go along with eight sacks, as well as linebacker Ryan Dozier, who added 115 tackles, six for a loss. They do return uh, linebacker Marcus Vandenbosch with 97 tackles and seven tackles for a loss. It's going to be really interesting to see how Dakota State can put together a solid defense and running game to help Torin Devericks um, make and develop chemistry with new receivers. So let's take a look at presentation. Presentation right now is led by an interim head coach, Travis Titus. A couple of big games for them. They have a stretch of three weeks in a row, October 5th through the 19th, where they play at Dakota State, home against Valley City, and on the road, at Dickinson State. So that's a tough road to hoe. Um, two out of three away games, especially against the folks who are the reigning North Star champions. They're losing their quarterback, Austin Eggle, this year, who was a 60% completion percentage passer, threw for 30 touchdowns against 15 interceptions and over 3,000 yards. But they are returning their top two running backs. John Oldenkamp, who had 371 rush yards and five touchdowns, and Innocent Oko, who had 266 rush yards and five touchdowns. They also returned Dylan Paulson, who had 735 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns, and Marshall Chance, who reeled in 538 receiving yards. They are going to be missing Logan Weiser, who had almost 700 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns as well as Nathan Jones, the running back who rushed for 528 yards. So there'll be some chances for the presentation offense to, to fill some roles and see uh, what they can do there. Now, presentation does have four uh, all-conference first and second team players coming back. Um, I like to take a look at, at who's coming back in terms of all-conference, because they play each other in the North Star a lot. Uh, five out of the six teams have two home-and-homes uh, against conference foes. The other team has a singular home-and-home. So having those people who are the best in the conference is obviously going to be a good predictor of success. On defense, presentation is returning a couple of linebackers. Uh, Ty Fox, who had 74 tackles, 7.5 for a loss, and Clayton Ennis with 63 tackles and 5.5 for a loss. Um, they're going to be bringing back in the secondary Aaron Butler, who had three picks last year, but they're going to be losing Eric Bell, who had three interceptions, 49 tackles, and 3.5 tackles for a loss. A little bit of a do-it-all player for them. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens with the presentation football team. It's going to be sort of a uh, maybe a transition year for presentation. So on to the Waldorf Warriors. They are headed up by second-year man Josh Luttrell. They have a um, litany of, of key games. They play at Dickinson State on the 28th of September. Valley City at home on October 5th. And then they get Dickinson State at home on November 2nd. The next week, they travel to Valley City. So 
a little bit of a um, fun way to end your season. Tough schedule for, for Waldorf. You've got Dickinson State and Valley City as your as your two home-and-home games. That's going to be a tough schedule for Waldorf. The good news there is that they are returning a lot of their offensive firepower beginning with quarterback Hilton Joseph, who rushed for 553 yards and threw for almost 2,400 yards. Um, He had a 58% completion percentage and a 20-79 touchdown-interception ratio. He also brings back three wide receivers, Samuel Huntley, who had 572 receiving yards and five touchdowns, Don Jones with 797 and 12 touchdowns, and Ryan Martinez with 603 receiving yards and nine touchdowns. They also bring back a 1,000-yard rusher in Bo Evans, who also added 220 receiving yards out of the backfield. They are also going to be stocked back on defense. You've got James Jackson Jr. and Cameron Newsom in the secondary who each picked off four passes. And then linebacker Marcel Linder, who had nine tackles for loss a year ago. Now, they do lose defensive end James Bell III with six sacks and linebacker Connor Curran, who had 50 tackles. So, they do return a lot, but that schedule is going to be very, very tough for the Warriors. Now let's take a look at Valley City. You heard Pete Stanton talk about uh, the respect that he has for Valley City. And, and here's why. It starts with head coach Dennis McCullough, who is in his 22nd year at Valley City. He's got a few assistants that are com- coming in for their second or third year, starting to get more familiar with the program. They don't have their schedule out yet. You heard me reference them in a couple of other teams but they don't have a schedule out yet as far as I am aware. Now, they do return a few pieces on offense, including their quarterback, Jalen Pfeiffer, who threw for 2,120 yards last year, 16 touchdowns and two interceptions, on a 57.5% completion percentage. They do return his favorite target, Jake Peterson, who caught 815 yards worth of of footballs, as well as 12 touchdowns. They, too, return a 1,000-yard rusher in Luis Quinones. He added 142 receiving yards to go along with 1,051 yards rushing. They're going to be losing a couple of folks up on the defensive front. Hunter Slemons, who had 12 tackles for loss and five and a half sacks, as well as Tyler Massat with 54 tackles and seven for a loss. They do, however, return a couple of good linebackers. Aaron Martin, 88 tackles, seven for loss. And Salavila, 48 tackles, seven for loss, as well as their leading uh, pass interceptor, Andrew Hanretti, who had five a year ago. So we'll see what Valley City can do, because everybody's looking up at Dickinson State. It is Dickinson State, who is the 2018 champion. It is Dickinson State's conference to lose at this point. Now, it's worth pointing out, both Waldorf and Valley City have eight each 
um, all conference first and second team selections coming back. Dickinson State only has five. So there are a couple of, of big, big players. Uh, of course, they're led by Pete Stanton in his ninth, in his 19th year. No, 20th. We established that in the interview. His 20th year. Um, you heard him talk about the comfort level between he and his offensive and defensive coordinators and how they're settling in. Um, they are led by their quarterback, Hayden Gibson, who is returning. He threw for 3,003 yards last year, 62% completion percentage. You heard Coach talk about Ahmad Andrews, who was just shy of a 1,000-yard rusher. And Tiger Fry, Jared Lee. A lot of this is um, is going to be a repeat from the from the interview. You lose Kevin Brown with 74 tackles, and you lose Jay Liggins, who picked off eight passes and was an undrafted free agent uh, in uh, right after the NFL draft. They also lose Danny Moreno at, at linebacker, who had 108 tackles and 12 and a half tackles for loss, to go along with four sacks. I have spoken with my uh, trusty co-host, John Cooper, and it seems that we have a bit of a difference of opinion on who's going to win the North Star. John is going to go with Dickinson State. He's going to go with the favorite until um, they can, or until someone else can prove that they can beat Dickinson State. I'm going to go a little bit different. I think Dickinson State's going to have a great year, but I think that Valley City is going to reach up, be a little bit better than they were last year, and I think they're going to take the North Star this year. Um, I just like the way that they're they're returning um, players look. I like the way their defense looks coming back. Um, but I think it's going to be close. In point of fact, I'm going to go ahead and make a bold endeavor. Um, put it up on whatever big board you like. I think that it's going to come down to whoever wins that that Dickinson Valley City games. I'm not sure if they play each other once or twice. But whoever wins that game, I think it's going to be tight, and I think it's going to be whoever wins that game that will take the North Star Conference Championship title and move on to the NAI playoffs. But hey, if you disagree with me, please at us at NAIAFBall on Twitter, on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Snapchat, at me anywhere you like. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell John why he's wrong for picking Dickinson State. And we will see on the field who is going to come away with the North Star Championship. For my co-host, John Cooper, this is Corey Thorpe. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.